Welcome to Let's Talk Socials, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to stand out on social media and be seen as the experts that they really are. The latest updates and trends from the social media space presented by me, your social media strategist and coach. Now, let's get started. Let's Talk Socials. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Socials. In today's episode, we are going to talk about one of my favorite things when it comes to marketing, which is analyzing data. If you're following me over on Instagram, you know that I'm a little nerdy when it comes to data. I love to dive into my insights and analyze clients' insights every single month, if not more often. But I also do realize that for most business owners, analyzing data feels like a chore. And more often than not, it is something that ends up at the very bottom of your to-do list. Whether you like looking at data, analyzing and drawing conclusions is something that you enjoy. It is something that has to be done on a regular basis. There is no escaping it. My goal with this episode is to tell you why it is important and also talk to you about the most important metrics that you should be tracking so that you can make better content on Instagram that speaks to your audience and converts. So why are insights and data important to look at? Looking at your insights helps us to do two things. First of all, it helps us to identify potential problems in our marketing strategy. For example, if you don't look at your insights, you might not even notice that your content doesn't generate a lot of website traffic or that you aren't generating enough new followers or even that people unfollow you after a while. Another example that I often explain to my coaching clients is this. So imagine this situation. You're posting for a little while and you get quite good engagement and all seems quite all right, but then you launch your new offer and nobody buys it. If you then have a look at your inside, you see that even though your target audience are, I don't know, women in their 30s who live in Auckland, the majority of your audience are men who are 50 plus and live in Iceland. Then only you'll understand that it is not so much of an offer issue, but an audience issue because you don't have the right audience to sell this offer to. So it's really important to see if you're actually reaching the right people with your marketing efforts. And that you can only do if you look at your insights. This is also the major advantage that digital marketing has over traditional types of marketing. Because you know exactly if you're reaching the right people. Whereas if you buy, let's say, a TV spot, then yeah, more or less you will get data from the TV network on the average audience that watches the spot, but are you really getting accurate data? Because in the end, the TV network tells you that this TV program was watched by a lot of 30-year-old women, but can you be sure that these people actually watched the ad or maybe they actually went for a pee break or they went to the fridge to grab something and they haven't even watched the ad? Or it is... 50 plus males who watch this show. So in the end, that is not very accurate data. The second thing that analytics helps us to do is it helps us to make more informed decisions instead of listening to our gut feeling. Another example. So you might think that your educational posts do the best when it comes to engagement, but the data might actually suggest that photos with a personal component do much better. If you don't analyze your data, 
then you won't know and you will continue to create content that isn't actually delivering the best results. This is also one of the reasons why I ask for access to your insights when I do a social media audit. Of course, I can look at the outside of your Instagram strategy. So I can look at what you're posting, what people are commenting, if people are commenting, and I can hear from you whether you feel like you're not getting enough engagement, sales, etc. But I have to be honest and say that often we have a distorted feeling or view on our business when it comes to our babies. For example, I had an audit client a little while ago who told me that she didn't get enough engagement on her post. And once I got access to her business insights and I had a look at the kind of engagement she was getting, I could see that her content was being noticed and that she had actually above average engagement compared to the competitors in her niche. The problem was actually that she was reaching the wrong type of people who would then comment but never go on to become a client. What happens when you don't use your data to make decisions regarding your content? First of all, you post content that you think will do well, but that might actually not be the best kind of content for you to post. Secondly, you make decisions based on assumptions. Like, well, this kind of content works for my competitor, so I'm sure it will work for me too. You will get much better results if you validate these assumptions with cold, hard data. You also risk not discovering any strategic issues, like not reaching the right people. And in the end, all of this means that you invest time into your social media presence without ever getting the results you're wanting to see. I personally prefer to spend less time on social media doing things that I know will really make a difference and will matter instead of trying out different things and not really getting anywhere. And I think if you were listening to this podcast episode, you would probably agree. While there are a few metrics that I would recommend to every single business that they should track in general, there are three tips that I can give you when it comes to deciding which metrics are worth tracking for you specifically. First of all, you should track metrics that give you an indication whether or not you are reaching your social media and eventually also business goals. That means that you need to match your overall business goals with your social media goals. Secondly, you should also use and track metrics that fit into the role that social media plays in your business. So for example, if the role of your social media marketing is to build a strong community around your brand, then website traffic is maybe not as relevant as number and types of comments you're getting. And lastly, you should only track metrics that you actually understand and that you are using. There's no point in tracking a lot of data and then not really having a look at it or not using it properly because you don't understand what they mean. So if social media is your main marketing tool like it is for me, you will have a look at different metrics to measure your success than if you just use social media to spread the word about your organization, which could be the case if you are an NGO, for example. So instead of giving you random metrics that you should track, I want to connect them to the most common social media goals that you could have, 
So you know, depending on which goal you choose, you're focusing on a specific metric. Obviously, goals are never set in stone and you should frequently review them to match the season that your business is currently in and to make sure that you are tracking metrics that actually serve a purpose. The first common social media marketing goal is to increase brand awareness. Now, if you want to track if you are actually achieving this goal, so if you're actually increasing the brand awareness of your target audience, there are four metrics that you should track. First up, reach and impressions. I often see people confuse reach with impressions or thinking that they are actually the same thing, which is not the case. <laughs> reach tells us how many individual accounts we have reached with a particular piece of content or over a longer period of time. For example, this month I had a reach of 10,000. Impressions, on the other hand, tell us how often this particular piece of content, or in general, has been seen. Which means that inherently, impressions will always be higher than your reach. And in fact, the difference between your reach and your impressions is a good indication for you whether your content is worth consuming multiple times. One month I reached 45,000 accounts and had 61,000 impressions. That means that 45,000 individual accounts have seen my content that month, but they have consumed it 61,000 times, which tells me that my content is worth reviewing a second or maybe even a third time, which obviously means that the target audience found it valuable. You can obviously also look at different types of content. So for example, reels versus carousel posts and identify which of the two gives you more reach and more impressions. In the past, reels, and I don't want to say all the time because that is not true either, but generally reels would have generated more reach than a static post. But this is not the case anymore in 2023. I often have carousel posts that perform much better than a reel. So it is worth analyzing your data. Then we have two more metrics that can also give you an idea whether you're managing to increase brand awareness and these are profile visits and follower growth. I think both of these metrics are quite self-explanatory, but what I would like to point out is actually, again, the difference between the two. If you get lots and lots of profile visits, but not a lot of people actually convert into followers, that could be a sign that your feed doesn't look so great or that the person that comes to your profile doesn't see why they should be following you. Let's move on to the second common social media goal. And to be honest, this is probably the main reason why people use social media to drive traffic. Depending on your business, driving traffic can mean different things. But usually we talk about website traffic, email traffic, or phone calls. Conveniently, these three can all be measured on Instagram as well. So you know how many people clicked on a link from your Instagram, how many people clicked on your email address if you have it listed, and how many people directly initiated a call from your Instagram. So very convenient. Last but not least, we have another common social media goal, which is building a relationship with your potential client. This goal, I want to say, is particularly important if you sell higher ticket services, because people are usually not jumping into a program like that or hiring you for multiple thousands of dollars if they haven't built a relationship with you before. There's no metric as such that is called relationship strength or relationship status or even consideration phase of a potential customer. 
But there are two things that you can look at to see whether your content is helpful in starting to build this relationship or if you need to work on that. And the first one is story replies. When someone replies to one of your stories, whether that is strictly business related, where you talk about your products or your service, or whether this is more personal behind the scenes or maybe something from your private life, doesn't really matter they land directly in your inbox, which is the best place to start a conversation and to start building a relationship. And actually, it is also the best place to convert people into paying customers. That is why I personally love to use stories. Unfortunately, stories and DMs are still a bit of a neglected part of a social media strategy for a lot of businesses. I do my fair share of active engagement on Instagram where I reach out to people, reply to their stories that I find interesting or that I have to say something about. And so many times I land in their DMs and instead of them initiating a conversation, they just like my message and the exchange stops there. And I have to say, I'm usually not the kind of person that just replies with an emoji or something something else that isn't really interesting to reply to. I always try to say something more like a whole sentence, two sentences about the story, be like, oh yeah, I do that as well. Or how did you do that? You know, kind of initiating a conversation. But so often people don't take the chance to start a conversation with me. So don't underestimate story replies and how they can help you in building this relationship. Now, obviously you can look at the amount of story replies, the number of story replies that you have gotten in particular, but you can also look at how meaningful they are and how often they end in a sale. We don't have a specific metric for that, but you can go back and just have a look at the DM conversations that you have had in the last few weeks. Same goes for the second metric that I would like you to track when it comes to relationship building, which is comments on your posts. And I'm not so much talking about the actual number of comments you're getting, but more how meaningful they are and how involved they are with your content. I'm pretty sure you also get your fair share of people commenting stuff like, wow, great tips, even though the post had zero tips whatsoever, or things like, thanks, this is helpful, or, you know, these kind of comments that are just quick to write and that are usually only left for people to leverage your audience. If you just get a lot of those comments and people are not really actively interacting with the content of your post, they aren't replying to questions that you ask, they aren't developing further what you're talking about, or they don't really provide an opinion on the topic, then that is usually a sign that people aren't very involved in your content and that you need to work on either reaching the right people that are interested in the topics you're talking about or finding better topics that are more of interest to your audience. Now, you're probably wondering why I haven't talked about followers yet, especially when it comes to increasing brand awareness and increasing the audience that sees your content. Well, followers are a metric that we have to take into account as well. I don't want to lay such a strong focus onto them because you can have 50,000 followers and nobody buys from you just as much as you can have 500 followers and a completely fully booked agenda. It's much more about knowing how to convert these followers into paying clients rather than mindlessly wanting to increase the followers, but then not knowing what to do with them. I have had clients in the past who had 30,000 followers, but not a single person 
would buy from them because they hadn't done the work to nurture and convert. They just did the initial work of getting them to the profile and having them give a follow. So yes, of course, track your followers, but don't obsess over this particular metric. Last but not least, before I dismiss you from this episode, there are three things, let's say best practices for tracking metrics that I want to talk about. First of all, and this comes back to goals, is I want you to set SMART goals. I'm sure you have probably heard of SMART goals before, and it's not a very sexy topic, I know, but I often see this problem with businesses that they just say things like, oh, I want to increase my following, rather than saying, in the next 30 days, I want to see a 5% increase in high quality followers. So always make sure that the goals that you set are specific, measurable, obviously achievable, relevant and time-bound. Secondly, when it comes to analyzing, it is also very important to track your metrics regularly and ideally always for the same time frame. This will make it much easier to compare periods of times with each other and see what the differences between the two were in terms of content, for example. So ideally, you would always track and analyze your metrics once a month, every two weeks, quarterly, whatever floats your boat. But make sure that you commit to a specific time frame and to actually sit down and analyze. Your data is worth nothing if it just sits there and isn't being looked at. Lastly, to make it easier to keep up with this habit of tracking and to actually read something out of the data that you're collecting, you should use a tool that works for you. There are plenty of scheduling tools out there like Hootsuite, Buffer, Later, all of these tools that also now include social media reporting in their packages. So they would give you the most important metrics of the month and make a little report for you. I personally just prefer to track it in a spreadsheet because it lets me customize what I track and I can add little notes of context to my columns and rows. So for example, in a specific month, I might have a reach of 5,000 and I know that most of that reach has come from a really popular reel. So I can add that in the form of a little bit of extra content to my tracking sheet so that two years later, when I come back and see this result, I can understand what the situation was back then. In the beginning, I just used a simple Excel sheet, but about two and a half years ago or so, I converted to Airtable, which is basically an Excel sheet on steroids. So you can customize it, add all kinds of columns, rows, uh, colors, and it has a lot of interesting features as well. So I use the free version and have always been using the free version. That is more than enough for me. I will put the link to Airtable in the show notes so you can have a look in case you haven't checked it out yet and you're looking for a bit of a more sophisticated way to track your insights. If you are already tracking your metrics and if you are already tracking your metrics or you now start tracking them, but you aren't able to read anything useful out of the data, then let me take a look at your overall strategy and results in a strategy deep dive. You will walk away with an actionable list of things to optimize and a clear idea of what hasn't worked so far. As always, I hope this episode was helpful, even if you aren't as data obsessed as I am. And I hope to hear you next time when it's again time to talk socials.